Welcome to FI Talk, your go-to podcast for all things related to achieving financial freedom in Canada. Here's your hosts, Tom and Brandon. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of FI Talk. This week, we're going to do a deep dive into something we're passionate about, and that is getting your first rental property. So both Tom and I do have rental properties, so it's something we have experience with. And we are also both mortgage agents, so we have a lot of experience setting these up for other people. So Tom, why don't you kick things off? Tell us a little bit about what you have in your portfolio currently and kind of your plan for where you want to take things. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you touched on it a bit there. I, I think it's it's cool because we get to see behind the scenes of what's working best for, for our clients. And a lot of that we're going to trickle into the podcast. So we're excited about this one. Um, and from like a personal perspective for my portfolio, I'm at uh, currently at four properties. One is uh, owner occupied. Three are my other rentals. Uh, I do have one that might be I, I might be pulling trigger on soon. So the first one, uh, first rental property is actually I did have another one that didn't go through. But the ones that I have now, I have a condo in St. Catharines, Ontario. I have a townhouse in Lincoln. I have a property in Indianapolis in the States, which is, I know it's random. <laughs> and then I have one townhouse in Calgary. And uh, I don't know if you want to like go into each one and kind of how I stumbled upon that, uh, but we can definitely touch on that and, and go from there if you want. Yeah. Why don't you give us like a high level overview of each one? Kind of how did it come across your desk? How did you analyze the deal and what drew you towards those properties? Cool. So the first one, uh, we'll start with, let's start with Calgary. So Calgary was actually a really easy one. And I actually have a YouTube video going over the whole deal breakdown and how I stumbled upon it. But the gist of it was I wanted something that was more hands off. And this is kind of goes into my last episode that we just uh, pushed out regarding how I pivoted from my old style of investing in real estate to now I want it to be more hands off and I'm even going deeper on that. But at this time I was like, you know what? I want to buy a rental property. I want it to be under my own name, but I also don't want to have something where I have to do renovations. I have to do say like a burr method. I just wanted something where I can buy, hold it, it's turnkey. And then I can just sit on it and let it appreciate over time, have that tenant pay down the mortgage um, over the 15, 20 years, however long it is. So this one was uh, super easy because it was a new build construction in Calgary and it closed within a year of buying it. The down payment and deposit structure was was super simple. It was 5% over uh, a period of time, which is pretty standard for a lot of new builds. Anyways, rental property. Now we have that tenant in there ready to go, has been there for the past year and I haven't had any issues with it. It's It's probably been the easiest property that I have. Nice. And if I remember correctly, going back, you bought that property and the kind of the deal structure with the company was that they were guaranteeing the lease, were they not? Exactly. So we started out, that was the cool thing about this one. Like I was a little skeptical, to be honest. I was like, I don't know, it seems too, too good to be true. It comes with property management. It comes with the tenant, like they put the tenant in there. It cash flows from day one. So I was a little skeptical, but then I did more research in the company. And then I also looked into the area in Calgary as well and realized like Alberta, the cash flow was just much better than here in Ontario, uh, which is one of the reasons why I went there. 
and the landlord law, which we can, that's a whole other, that's a whole uh, other topic. Can of worms. Yeah. yeah, that's a, that's exactly. a, that's an episode with drinks, I think. Yeah. hundred uh, <laughs> percent. Nice. Yeah. And, and Alberta actually is booming right now. So a lot of Ontario has seen some prices come down and whatnot, but Alberta is one of those markets that's really picked up quite a bit of steam. So I think your timing there was probably perfect. Yeah. And, and it's funny because we're seeing that on our side too. Eh? Like, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of clients lately that um, are even just kind of thinking of picking up and moving to Alberta just because of the prices here. Yeah. I've done a couple deals in Alberta as well. And, you know, it's a little bit different. We were able to do it for a bit. Now we kind of have to pass the baton to someone else just for licensing perspective, but we can help out if you are making the move to the great West. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's like to further elaborate on that, we had that company, the property management company in place for a bit. We actually ended up uh, getting new renters in and increased the rent because naturally over the year that we had it, the rent in increased, which was nice for us. And uh, the tenant also needed to leave and we had a new tenant come in and sign. So we switched property managers to increase the rent for us too, because the original deal was for the property manager company that we started with, they guaranteed rent for two years. It may have been three years, but two or three years, they guaranteed the rent regardless if the tenant was in there or not, which was pretty cool, but they would shave off. I think it was two, about $200 from what we can actually get on the market for rent, $200 a month. So what we did is we just pivoted and we went with an actual uh, regular property manager and we kind of disbanded from that and we increased the, the rents to increase the cash flow. That's cool. I like it's kind of like a built-in insurance policy while things get started and while you get to know the lay of the land. So that's awesome. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And you have a condo, which is kind of interesting because a lot of investors keep condos out of their portfolio for the condo yeah. fees and cash flow and whatnot. So how did you get the St. Catherine's condo in there? So I bought at the right time. Like I'm I'm not saying condos are a good or bad thing. I, I just think it's really, um, it depends on the type of investing you want to do. Like if you're someone that is investing for the cash flow perspective and you're trying to replace your nine to five, then stay out of condos because that's not where you're going to get it. And when I bought at the time, it was a lot more favorable than it is now. Like if I were to buy another property, it wouldn't be a condo, especially in Ontario. Like you're, you're going to be in such negative cash flow. But at the time it made sense and I'm happy that I did purchase the condo. Um, but yeah, like, uh, like I said, I want to be mostly hands off with my investments and that's the route I wanted to go because it is less maintenance, uh, from a month to month maintenance perspective versus going with a, a fully detached home. And that was one of the main reasons why I went with the condo. And, mm -hmm. um, yeah, like I said, timing wise, it, it just made sense. Nice. And then you do have the detached home in Indianapolis. Is that how you say it? <laughs> no yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always just say Indy. Indy. A, yeah, Indy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that one was, uh, I, I touched on this briefly on the last episode. I, I went down like a huge rabbit hole where I wanted to really just build out a bunch of like a huge portfolio in the States, get, you know, 30 to 60 properties under my belt, like all fully detached homes where they all cash flowed about, I think it was like around $350 a month cash flow for a uh, purchase price of around 100 to 125 K at the time. Okay, it's probably solid. changed since then. Yeah, man. Like that was my, that's my property there now is uh, we bought it for, uh, I want to say it was like one, one fourteen, one twenty four, something like that. All us obviously. And 
it cash flowed from day one, even after just doing some like tenant turnover renos, like we didn't have to do a full complete gut job reno is like literally 15 K of renos. And, uh, we cash flowed 350 a month and, uh, got that nice 30 year fixed, uh, mortgage. Yeah. And in the States, for those people who haven't listened to the U S episode, you can keep your rate for 30 years. So when Tom got that property, he locked in a rate that was pretty attractive and he can hold that until he decides how to sell the property or if rates come down considerably, he could refinance, break it and, and get out that way. Yeah, exactly. And it's, um, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like that's the property that we've had a bit more of a headache with. It hasn't been horrible, but we've had some tenants that we had to uh, turn over that weren't the greatest. And um, yeah, uh, property manager issues as well. Like we didn't really, the first two property managers were garbage. So it comes with headaches and that's kind of where I pivoted to, to go in the, the Calgary and uh, the condo route. Nice. Nice. And your last yeah. one is your owner occupied, correct? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that's, uh, yeah. we won't touch on that one too much. Cause yeah, you sure yeah. you don't want to go with that? <laughs> yeah. We won't share where you live. I'll tell you that the cash flow is not very favorable. <laughs> <laughs> the owner occupied rarely is, uh, yeah. unless you can get someone in unless, the basement. Thing. Exactly. Yeah. Which we're going to touch on. Yeah. We'll touch on that in a bit. Yeah, so I've just so, got right now, and it's in Sarnia, Ontario, which is a place I was drawn to because I had investors from the GTA start looking at properties there, and I realized the property values were quite low, the rents were pretty high, and so I just eventually had a client come to me, and they were selling their owner-occupied home, buying another, and they needed to get an offer on their place quite quickly, and I was like, you know what, I'll just buy it from you, and that became my first rental property. So it's nice. And, my tenants are great. They take good care of the property. Um, they pay early every month, which is a rarity. Amazing. And yeah. So it's, it's nice. I was just going to ask you that because we haven't really had a, a chance to to sit down and talk about that one too much. So overall quick, easy close. Your tenants yeah. are great. Um, does it cash flow? Cash flow is about three fifty a month. And that's oh, at a pretty high rate. Like I closed on it in May of 2023. So rates were not good. Uh, yeah. So year after year, it's it's only going to get better. Nice. That's awesome, yeah. man. And do, do you see yourself expanding the portfolio uh, for the real estate investing? Or are you going to pivot more towards your other investing that you've been doing? Um, yeah. So like I, I'm kind of on the fence. So I might get something more in the GTA and and do a bit of house hacking like we are going to talk about in a few minutes. That's something I'm curious about doing here. But I also really like investing in the stock market. And that's where I've actually yeah. had greater success and, and greater gains. So I will probably continue that strategy and then maybe grab one more property for the time being. Um, that being said, we are in the real estate space. So we see a lot of things and opportunities pop up. So I'm, I'm not going to lock myself in any sort of statement that typecast me. I'm sure something will come along where I'm happy to pick it up. Yeah, you're not going to shut it out completely. I mean, maybe you concentrate more so on one one thing versus the other. And I think you and I have, have switched mindset on that a couple of times in terms of like whether we should focus more into real estate investing or whether it's the the other style of investing, like I guess you can call it lazy investing, where you've got your stocks and ETFs and building out that portfolio. And I think the next two years should be interesting to see like where you and I are at in terms of like where we want to pivot to. For sure. And it's also the kind of thing too, when you get cash flow, both of us are incorporated. So you get cash flow into the corporation 
you can then send it to a holding company and buy those investment properties. And it's a nice way to get assets that, that way for us where there's not kind of a retirement piece built into the mortgage and real estate space. So these properties kind of become that retirement portfolio. And then the funds you draw from your corporation, you pay yourself, that's what you're putting in here, TFSA, your RSP, et cetera, and, and growing that egg as well. Yeah. And there's so many other tax benefits when it comes to being incorporated. And it doesn't have to be your own. Um, you don't have to be a business owner per se to be incorporated. Like you can, you can open up a hold co just for your rental properties. And we won't do too much of a deep dive on that because we're not accountants, but just know you do have options and uh, definitely recommend or definitely reach out to an accountant before you uh, start something in your, your real estate journey, because you might make a mistake early on in uh, I see people even opening up hold codes too early. Sometimes it's too early to do it and it doesn't make sense. Yeah, there's definitely strategies and stuff like that where it's worth paying your accountant a couple hundred bucks to sit there and just map it all out. And I know we've done this with our accountant this year just for the business and where things are going. And it gives so much clarity to know, okay, here's the next five things we got we have to do. And like, don't do X. And it was like, oh crap, we totally would have done that. <laughs> and and so it, it saves some future pain, even though you do have to pay quite a high hourly upfront for a good one, but it's definitely worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Would you rather pay the hourly or would you rather pay the land transfer tax transferring the title over to either one, right? You're, you're going to pay thousands with, with that option versus paying couple hundred couple couple k maybe to your accountant for the, the tax advice for sure so yeah. why don't we do a deep dive kind of on if you were to start today so you have no properties let's we'll, we'll say you don't even have an owner occupied you're waiting for the time to jump into the market how would you get a property and and how would you do it man so if i were to start over i would house hack so i would so house hacking is essentially you're renting out a portion of your house. So what I would do is I would buy a duplex where a duplex is you have two separate units in the home, live in one of them, rent out the other. So you have someone paying down your mortgage, your, your mortgage payment itself is going to be easier because you have someone helping you with the payment. You're building up that equity because you're, you own the home, you're in there and um, it's because your down payment, you're, you're going to be required to pay uh, less of a down payment. Uh, versus if you're buying a straight up rental property, you're looking at a, a 20% down payment minimum. Yeah, for sure. So just to add some more layers to that, if it's owner occupied or part of it is, you can put as little as 5% down. And then if there's a basement unit or if it's a side-by-side -side duplex, triplex, et cetera, you can use 100% of that rental income and add, to, add that to your income for qualifying. So it allows you to qualify for more of a mortgage and it also helps in paying down that mortgage. So I did quite a few of them last year for clients and it was amazing looking at what they collected from the rent versus their mortgage payment. And they had a mortgage payment that was less than their area's rent. And they were just laughing because they're like, this is so cool. And I'm like, the, the best part is you got this for 5%, stay here as long as you're happy. But like, you know, down the line, you get married, you have kids, you need more space. You now have two units to rent out and you can go put 5% down in the next property and you're just building that well snowball. 
that's the key, man. If you have another, so if you want to make that transition, like you could easily just hop to, not easily, but you can hop to the next property and put that 5% down. If it's going to be another owner occupied, or if you want to go crazy, you can buy that other duplex and do the same thing, rinse and repeat. And you're, you're not having to put that 20% down. it's like, Hey, I'm moving to this next property. I'm going to put the minimum down payment. Uh, I have another unit in it. So I'm going to rent that out my old property. I'm going to now get a new tenant in the second unit. And then now that's fully rented out and that's just a straight up rental property. And I imagine at that point, you're probably cash flowing pretty good because you've been sitting on that property for a bit now. hundred percent. And the other piece to this too, is like strategically a, a lender wouldn't like it. If you came to them and you say, say you had a 1500 square foot house detached single family home there. And you're like, now I want to go move into a duplex that's like yeah. 700 square feet each unit it kind of raises the alarm bells with them it's like why do you want to do that it seems like you're just trying to to game this and buy a rental property with five percent down whereas if you start with the duplex first it it's totally different because it's like that makes perfect sense house yeah. hacking is a great way to to make sure you can make your payments and strategically it's so much stronger for them Exactly. And that I'm a, a perfect case uh, example for that, because if I were to move out of my home now into a duplex with with a, a, a new newborn uh, child, they're like, OK, what's going on here? You're downgrading from your uh, square footage now to like half of what you're living in now. Like it doesn't make sense. So yeah. that's where the red flags go off because people try to I mean, it's mortgage fraud. If you're trying to just buy this one property and claim it as an owner occupied, but it's a straight up rental, like that is mortgage fraud and lenders try to look out for that. So uh, yeah, you're not going to get it with that. Yeah. And especially for guys like us who know the, the game and know the system, a lender's going to look at that and be like, Tom, no fucking way are you, <laughs> doing, are you doing that? Like you have your best year yet and you want to downsize your home by 50% with a newborn, like it doesn't make any sense. Right. So yeah, exactly. You're stuck, yeah, and you're stuck with saving up to 20% down payments going forward. Yeah. And I mean, good luck with the, with how prices are probably going to be in the future too. That's a whole other uh, topic. But uh, one thing I want to touch on, uh, I know we're, we're kind of getting close to 20 here, but um, you know, for the reason why I don't know, maybe I'm speaking just to myself here, but the reason why I'm always flip-flopping between the lazy style investing versus real estate investing is because I love the fact that you can use leverage to your advantage with real estate investing. And that's huge because what I mean by that is when you buy a rental property, you're not funding the whole thing. Let's just say you're using the 20% down. So just a straight up rental property. Where's that other 80% coming from? It's coming from the bank. Like you're leveraging the bank's money. And that's why I love it because the appreciation and the return you're going to get on that rental property is on the actual property value, not on the 20% that you put in. Whereas if you're buying, say, stocks or ETFs or whatever else you're doing, you're only getting the uh, realization and the appreciation, the, uh, the money you're making on that is off of the money that you're putting in. You're not leveraging, whereas with real estate investing, you are. So that's why I love real estate investing. And I think it's the quickest way to build that wealth. It just comes with more, uh, it's, it's just more hands-on. Yeah, I think there's a, a certain element of risk to real estate investing and a couple of those headaches, but you can mitigate a lot of that risk by you know tenant selection, property selection, um, property manager, for example. A lot of these things can mitigate those risks and you can capture the upside. 
it's just knowing sort of how to do it and having the team in place to help you navigate that i think is a big piece of the puzzle yeah exactly did you uh did you want to touch on anything else in terms of like buying your first rental property like i know we we touched on like the strategy um but anything else you want to add no i think number one would be to just do the house hacking strategy like that is the best if you can find a duplex obviously not every market has them or if you can't find one come across a property where you could let's say convert a basement into a unit and create that kind of forced cash flow i think those are strategies to take out the gates right away beyond that it's just anytime you're getting into putting tenants in place spend the time to vet the tenants and get the best possible one i know like for my rental property i was very picky and it took about two months to get the right tenant in which yes it kind of sucks because that property is sitting vacant you're not earning any money on it but you're also not stuck with the tenant who gets in there doesn't pay the rent and you're stuck with dealing with this this government policy that benefits only tenants and doesn't protect landlords at all yeah exactly you're you're gonna save more uh waiting a bit to find the right tenant i would i would take it as if like let's just say it's a straight up rental and you're not living in it i would screen the tenant as if you were to be living with that person uh to take 100%. it that that serious and one one thing before we we cap this off is one other strategy that i've seen people do is if you're in a market where um purchase prices are high and it's very hard to qualify and even afford the purchase prices in your market. One thing people are doing is they're buying rental properties in secondary markets in Ontario or wherever else you are in Canada. They're buying in secondary markets to at least get their foot in the door, get in the market, because then from there, you're going to have that mortgage pay down. You're going to have appreciation over the long term. Yes, right now we're not really seeing appreciation. If not, uh, mostly house prices are are flatlining or coming down. But over time, real estate is going to go up, and you're going to see that appreciation, which will help you get into the house in the future. Hundred percent. So key takeaways are just just start, get in where you can. If it needs to be a secondary market, that's totally cool. If you can build in some form of house happy house hacking, excuse me, that's even better. And just make sure you're protecting yourself. Think about any possible risks and then figure out kind of the counter strategy to mitigate those. Yeah, exactly. Right on. All awesome. right. Cheers, everyone. Hope you have an awesome week and we'll catch you next week. See you guys.